0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Drew Brophy, who is forever changed by his near-death experience. Drew, thank you for joining me today, and welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, hello to all the people out there.
0: Well, Drew, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day it happened and go from there.
1: Yeah, you know, I just you know, really hope that you know, people in general will will get something from this. It was so profound. And you know, we were facing a very dark and desperate time. It was just over a year ago. Um in November of last year, uh I caught covid. And uh I was prepared, you know, I felt like I'd been taking care of myself and my body was strong. Um, You know, I was never one to get sick and I caught it. And just like many others, I figured that, you know, I would endure it. But I uh, had worked myself down to, uh, you know, depletion. I'd been doing so much. And, you know, I was this big, strong guy taking care of my family and my business, my friends. And, you know, I was one of these people that just took it all on. And so COVID got me when I was probably at my weakest, the most drained. But still, I felt strong. I thought I would just, you know, go to sleep and, you know, wake up next morning and feel better. That's what I've always done. I was never one to go uh, to the doctors or ever felt that I needed to. Well, long story short, I didn't get better. I was getting worse. And I ended up in the hospital. And pretty much from the moment I entered the hospital, the situation was... Bad, went right to ICU. I was in a quarantined area of the hospital. Everybody had hazmat suits on and face masks and face shields. And I overheard them that evening talking in the hallway about how, you know, this is so sad. This poor guy's probably not going to make it. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow, you know, like they're talking about me. I wasn't able to say goodbye to my wife. She pulled up in the car. They pulled me right out of the car and wished me away without realizing that she wasn't able to come in. What I'm about to tell you is I feel like I'm a witness to for all the people that suffered greatly during this deal. I witnessed it from the inside, what they went through. You know, I came out the other side, but uh, so many others didn't. I was in the hospital for about seven days fighting. And um, I felt like I was getting better. Matter of fact, I was actually sitting up in my bed feeling better. I thought I was going to go home. So I beat COVID. But then as I sat there breathing, I was breathing deep. You know, I'm was a I'm a surfer. I've been surfing my whole life. I like to surf big waves, which is, has a, a lot of, you know, endurance and lung capacity. And so I was doing my deep breathing. All of a sudden, all these nurses ran in, panicked. I didn't know what was going on. Come to find out, I or two holes in my right lung. This was compounded by the COVID pneumonia. My lungs were really fragile. And that evening was the night the doctor told me that I was going to die. Nothing they could do. It's a crazy uh, moment when you're faced with that. And I just want to tell people out there that the time to prepare for a moment like that is today. You change the way you think. You have to be an optimist. You have to be confident. You have to live a life worth living. Purpose. Part of me didn't believe the doctor. Even though he was being very frank, he said, look, you're gonna die one of three ways. You can continue to fight. He said, but you will lose. You might last a few days, but it'll get you. He said, more than likely, you won't make it a few days. You'll die in the middle of the night of a heart attack or a stroke due to the stress on your heart. He said, there'll be nothing we can do about it. You're weak. He said, or third, we can put you in a coma, put you on a ventilator, and maybe you got a chance. But I knew that statistically, once you went on the ventilator, it probably wasn't going to be a good outcome. He agreed. I said, well, I want to go on a ventilator. I'm going to fight. So he honored my wishes. And that night I didn't sleep. I had to focus on every breath. It was life or death. That evening they moved me to a room with a window in it. My wife, my sister, Came to the window late at night. I can only think they did this so I could see them one last time. It was uh, pretty crazy. That was just the lead up. So next morning, I couldn't fight anymore. I realized that I was out of energy. My body was dying. Couldn't get oxygen. I can understand why so many people give up. It was terrible. All these for all the people that left had loved ones go. You can't understand the the agony they were in. They give up. The next morning I told my wife that we need to go the other route. She was. You know, scared. Everybody was scared. Except me. I asked the doctor how what my chances were. He said, not good. He said, less than 20%. And it's odd sounding good to me. I was like, I got this. I knew that if God decided to take me, there was nothing I could do about it. I had a life worth living and I was going to fight for it. I Asked the doctor, I said, well, I won't know either. I'm never going to wake up again or I will. He said, yes. He said, we should know in a few days whether or not you make a turn. And I said, okay. They, uh, Gave me some type of gas. And I watched the world fade away. Said goodbye to my wife and my sister in the window. I was gone. I'm not sure when it happened in the coma. The coma went to a few days, to a week, many weeks. I was in a coma for four weeks. After the first week, the doctor asked my wife to pull the plug and I was gone. I was still there. At some point I had floated right out of my body. I can't explain it. but It was very obvious that I was not this body because I was not in it anymore. Seemed like the moment I left it, it was just like, "Oh my gosh, what am I?" I instantly felt part of everything, everyone. Almost like I lived through everybody's eyes in the whole world, like. Unbelievable. And um, this sense of compassion came over me. Compassion was, oh my gosh, they don't get it. After I saw through everybody's eyes that I just couldn't believe that all these people out there were suffering because they become disconnected from who they really were. What I was experiencing in that moment felt enormous. It's so hard to articulate because it's not something you see. It's something you experience. It felt so wonderful. And all of this in an instant, the instant I left my body. I don't know how long I was there. It seemed like I just kept floating further and further away. until I forgot all about this place. It's something you feel. It's like I was in a river. Ocean. Everything was like flowing. I describe it as almost like a river of light. I knew I was like some type of energy. And there was energy all around me that I was connected to. It seemed like all these like little lights or little balls of energy were surrounding me, tickling me like children. Felt amazing. I totally surrendered. thought I'd died for sure. I wasn't even worried about it. There was no regret. In that moment, when you die, you don't think about money. You don't think about stuff. What you think about is people. uh, So you don't, you don't know how you're going to react. So it's important that you train yourself today. There's nothing to be afraid of. There never was. That was obvious in my instant moment when I left. It feels like going home. It feels like that's what's real. And this is an illusion. This place seems like a microsecond. and. The time that I was there, it seemed like there was no time. It seemed like I was there for a hundred years. In that flow, I started going faster and faster. felt like I was in like a corkscrew, or just this river of energy, like a electron in a wire. Almost like falling. Before long, I was surrounded by all those little balls of energy. This big ball of energy bigger than me seemed to catch me. I remember when it happened. I was like, Oh, thank God he's got me. I felt like somebody was cradling me. I instantly thought it was my father. Like a way a father picks up a child. Just totally surrendered into the. Just felt so amazing. Felt more than my father. Felt like all the ancestors that came before me. I was not separate from them, I was them, and they were me. I got that. It's that there's a piece of, of you everywhere. A piece of everybody everywhere. There is no you. This energy seemed to pull me faster through the river of light. There again, it's not something you see. It's this, this feeling, this experience. Trying to piece it together when you get back very difficult for a while, the time, you know, just went forever and then all of a sudden, even a bigger light came, bigger energy, I had no idea what it was, it just hit us like a truck, it's the only way I can think of it, It it's very abrupt, just Pushed us so much faster, the energy just sped up, like everything was just speeding up. Felt like some type of protection. It was kind of seemed to be pushing me away from the little lights. The little lights were like absorbing into me. It was pushing me away to keep that from happening. It pushed harder and harder and faster and faster until I felt like I couldn't hang on, like I was losing what I thought was myself. Right when I thought I couldn't hang on anymore, it burst out of the river and everything stopped, silent. Instantly the thought was like, "Oh no, I forgot, I gotta go back. Maria and Dylan are waiting for me. They need me. I felt guilty because I had forgotten. You know, like I'd forgotten an appointment or something. It felt awful. I'm like, oh no. How did this happen? I didn't try to fight it. I didn't know how to get back. I just gently. Pushed me down, like just floated down. Everything was okay. I okay. just remember the last second. I felt like I was being squeezed into a bottle, trash compactor. It wasn't pleasant. I don't rem- remember waking up from the coma in four weeks. And evidently, I fought through the drugs. They were giving me paralytic drugs like fentanyl and Versed. They never expected me to wake up. They weren't worried about the damage they were doing to my body. They weren't feeding me. Give you the bare minimum amount of calories. My body cannibalized itself. The atrophy destroyed my muscles. I went from 210 pounds to about 95 pounds. First thing I remember was waking up and I was totally paralyzed. I didn't realize I was paralyzed. I thought I was being restrained. Nothing made sense. I forgot that I was in the hospital for COVID I forgot about the coma. I thought somehow I ended up in some hospital and they were doing lab tests on me. It had to be the gnarly drugs they were giving me. I couldn't talk due to the thing down my throat. I was covered in wires and needles. I had a tube in my Stomach and my thigh, that tube's all in me. I could hear everything. I couldn't respond to anyone. I could hear people talking about how they were amazed that I survived. That's when the battle really began. I felt like I was inhabiting a dead body. The near-death gave me the energy and the insight that I was powerful. I was all-powerful. That they can't kill me. I was keeping the light on, even though my body was destroyed. It's all mental. When everything is taken away from you, it's all just your mind. and love, love for the people. My wife was on the outside fighting for me the whole time. And she got on social media and had faith that I was going to get better during the whole coma. Due to the fact that I've been doing art for so many years, I had fans and friends all over the world. For whatever reason, my story resonated with people and they began to pray for me. They had good intentions for me. I want people to know that those things mean something. I could literally feel and see the energy flowing to me in my mind. I don't think I could do it without it. All of that energy. We're deeply connected. It's almost like collectively, nobody was going to let me die. It's another reason you live your life with purpose and as a service to others. Because when you need people, they will show up. As they did for me. I stayed in that hospital for four and a half months. Most of that time was in ICU, where I was on life support and on the verge of dying. I never gave up. I realized that I was in control of my own destiny. I decided that I was going to walk out of that hospital. But I had to beat the ventilator. I had to beat all the machines. I had to beat the drugs. It sounds impossible. I did it. A few angels along the way in the hospital. I couldn't tell anybody my story. I couldn't talk. It wasn't till months later that I could tell my wife for the first time. She has it on video. It's amazing. But I kind of felt like I forgot so much of it because I was on drugs and I was having to fight for my life. There's so much more. Immense amount more. But I couldn't hold on to all of it. Only got a fraction. Like I said, it was like I was there for a lifetime. And then when I got back, it was all out. War to save my soul. It's taken me all year to process this. At first I didn't want to tell anybody. But it's so important. You're not alone. It's impossible. There's nothing to fear. I had to learn to walk, talk, eat, breathe. Everything all over again. It's taken me all year to do that. It's an absolute miracle that I'm sitting here talking to you, to all of you. Miracles happen. It's due to the collective, everybody willing me back, my own will. The power of the human mind and the human body is so amazing. I witnessed it from the inside. It's incredible. They told me I needed a lung transplant. And I didn't get one. Said I would never be off the ventilator. Said I'd be in a nursing home for the rest of my life. I'm breathing at 99% right now, my lungs. I have no long-term effects from the horrors that happened to me. It's a miracle. I can't explain it. But I'm forever grateful to all those who prayed for me, for my heroic wife, who was my advocate, my son, all the people that never gave up on me doctors and the nurses, especially the nurses, a few of the angels that stood over me and said, you got this. Even when it looked like I was going to lose. It was a long, long battle. Here we are.
0: Drew, when you first left your body, did you happen to turn around and look at it and see it lying there in the bed did not i there
1: again it wasn't something that you see i know a lot of people say that um, i don't doubt it but it was just so liberating it was all of a sudden just obvious and i was like oh my gosh Free. It was just this instant feeling of like, well, I'm definitely not the body. What am I? And all this happens in a microsecond. It was all instantaneous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm everything. I'm everybody. I'm everyone. We're not the body, we're the energy that flows through it. So when the body lets go, You're free to experience who you really are.
0: You said you felt enormous. Did you feel like you were just completely expanded being out of your body? felt like a supernova.
1: Immensely powerful. There again, it's no words to describe what it was like. I think we're just trying to build some kind of construct of words to make it similar. It's not even adequate to describe everything. It was wonderful and scary at the same time.
0: Not that I was scared. I wasn't scared, but it was just so
1: like different.
0: Did you ever get the feeling that you were home? Yes. The feeling was
1: just love. I think in the body, you feel separate. It's an illusion. You're not not separate from each other. That's why it's important to be kind to everyone. Being kind to yourself. It's just a different point of view or perspective. So once you know you've never hurt another person, you just feel compassionate for them, that they're suffering. And you
0: just wanna ease that suffering for them, being compassionate. Since you're an artist, and looking at this through the eyes of an artist can you give us some kind of visual description of the river of energy it's constantly moving it's like a flow
1: like a, like a waves it seems to speed up and slow down seems like there's higher and lower vibrations.
0: Were there colors? You
1: actually don't, it's not something you see. You're not a body. You don't have eyes. It's just your brain's trying to articulate something. I think maybe all near death, Everybody's struggling to put into words what it, what it was. So they say they, they see things, but I think they're just trying to put it together the best they can. I, uh, I struggle with it. I just like, at first I thought it was a product of the,
0: well,
1: the drugs and the, I accepted like maybe this was a dream. I had lots of dreams. I don't remember any of them and none of them were good. This was so different. It changed me. It. You can just imagine when I was paralyzed and I'd have to stay up all night, making sure I didn't pass away. When I was on the ventilator, Ventilator is an awful machine. Even though <clears throat> it's keeping you alive, it just puts air into your lungs and there's no motion back and forth. So your heart doesn't believe you're breathing. So it panics. Your heart just races. All this is happening out of your control. Feels like you're drowning. It was like I was drowning for months. The only thing that saved me is I am the light. I just said that over and over again. I am the light. The light. I knew it. I felt like I can endure anything. It was brutal. It was cruel. But knowing that I was the light, that I would withstand it. I'd survive it. I did.
0: You mentioned that we should train for our crossing over. In what way should we train?
1: Realize that there is no death. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's seamless. And that it's not something to fear. It is like going home. I've got it backwards. This is like a, we're just visiting. It seems like a micro moment on the other side. I think we have many of them. I think the energy is just flowing through the universe. It's like a self-organizing system that's creating life everywhere in all different ways and different conditions. just that peace of mind should cause you to be thankful for this life. Live it to the fullest with kindness purpose, service to others, to maybe help them just be okay. And if you can live that way, When your time comes, you won't be afraid. And, you know, when you have something to live for, like I did, it was easy to come back. I can see how it would not be easy for a lot of people to come back if they didn't have something worth living for, create a life worth living for. No, know, there's just a great amount of peace that comes with this knowing that just makes things seem so trivial. It's almost like there's no good or bad. It's just contrast.
0: Do you feel like this life is closer to a dream? That's
1: a good question. Um, it seems so infinitely small from the other side. It just evaporated. I don't know what to make of that, but. on the other side, it seems like a dream. And then from this side. It doesn't. The other side doesn't seem like a dream. I still feel connected to it. Well, connected to Everybody. Everything, I feel like every raindrop that falls from the sky It's bizarre.
0: Have you noticed any other changes after your experience that you didn't have before that could be considered psychic?
1: I'm just super peaceful. All anger has left me. I used to get upset with a lot of things. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, a lot of division. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm sorry for them. They don't get it. They become disconnected from what they really are. And they can't help it. You just feel sorry for them. Passion. It's like a vibration, like a disease. Vibration is either building something beautiful or destroying. There's no difference between creation and destruction. It's just different, separate spots, you know, polarity. That vibration of destruction is like incoherent vibration and love and compassion is a coherent vibration. In a way, what I experienced on the other side was all vibration.
0: Since your experience, have you found your purpose? And if so, what is it? Yes. I don't know.
1: I'm still working through it. I know for sure that I'm here to help. You know, I'm here to help my wife and my son. It feels very purposeful. Like that's the only reason I'm here. I'm some type of protector. I'm here to hold a vibration for everyone else. This vibration of, that you know, sounds horny, love and compassion, but it's the only word I can come up with. It's almost like if I can hold that vibration, it'll be contagious to others. It's too hard to explain all this stuff. I'm desperately, just trying to hold that vibration. It's the only thing that any of us can do is to control your mind and your thoughts, your emotional state. That's what creates the vibration. If you want to help this world and all the people who are suffering. You have to work on yourself. You have to work on the ability to sustain this this vibration, this coherent vibration that's contagious. If you can hold it. Because the incoherent vibration is contagious too. But we're like a collective of more people that have this other vibration, this coherent vibration. It creates beautiful things, whereas the other vibration is the destroyer. So that's my purpose, (laughs) hold that vibration as long as I can. It feels like it's not even
0: me talking. It's so bizarre. Before your experience, were you a spiritual person? And if not, Um, how have you changed? I mean, I was like spiritual in the sense of, I felt really
1: close to nature and I love surfing. I love hiking. I like being out in nature. Always been connected to nature. I grew up Catholic, so uh, I went to Catholic school. I was grew up reading the Bible. I um, had, you know, priests and nuns as teachers, and I left that all behind. I thought it was too rigid, um, but um keenly educated on the topic. I do find religions interesting, all religions. I like to see how they're more similar than different. I think all religions are probably coming from this space of the near-death. We're all trying to explain the same thing. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You're all of those things. You're like I felt like my father. I feel like him now. I feel like my grandfathers. I feel like I'm my son. I feel like I'm all of them. It's like I feel like I have all the wisdom of all of them and everybody else. I know some of my I posted something on YouTube with on your death, and a lot of religious people got upset with the things I said. That's that rigidity that I was talking about. They're little, you know. They're. Everybody's using words to try to describe something that's undescribable. So all the authors of the Bible are probably describing their own experiences the best they could. We have to think about that as what are they really trying to say? Well, if you strip it down as, you know, there is an eternal life obvious to me now you know i essentially came back from the dead this must have happened many times for people I probably came back
0: with amazing stories have you noticed a change in your surfing yeah
1: i'm not as good at it uh the um the paralysis really took a toll on me you know having had to build my body back up um, i mean just Months and months of therapy. It was a long time before I could surf. But I um, eventually was able to get out there and I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. I just wanted to be in the water. Like I said, the body's an amazing machine. It just knew what to do. It popped right up. And I rode waves. I didn't even fall. Even though I couldn't pop up in my backyard when I was practicing. I couldn't get up off the ground. And yet surfing, I just popped up like a problem. It's taken a while. You know, I was a really good surfer. Um, and I can surf better than most still, but I've lost the uh, my uh, coordination a little bit from all the paralytic drugs. Essentially, I'm healing from all the things that were required to save my life, which ended up doing more damage.
0: Does surfing feel any more spiritual now?
1: I am having to fight for it. It always came so, everything came so easy for me in my life took it for granted that I had this strong, amazing body. I never knew what it was like to be weak. And I got taken down to the weakest point. So that's a lesson in itself. Take care of this body. I've been given this amazing machine to inhabit. This is your astronaut suit. Take care of it. Yeah, you know, take care of your insides with what you eat. Don't be gluttonous.
0: You Have you attempted to recreate your experience in your artwork?
1: You know, I I have a little bit. Um. There again, you know, it's been hard to get back to work due to the fact of all the, the rehab. Um, I am back to work now and I am painting. And what I'm finding is I look at my paintings now and it's almost like I've been trying to tell myself all of this my whole life. All my paintings are about the sun and waves of energy. Love. Everything's alive in my paintings. They always have been. And it's just interesting that i have this experience and it reveals to me that i've been painting it my whole life
0: do you think it's possible that waves of energy is somehow a connection to your life with waves in the ocean everything's waves
1: energy's flowing in waves like rippling through a field of energy You're just you know when you're surfing you're like riding the heartbeat of the planet It's amazing that the human body can create a surfboard and then train its body to paddle and catch this raw energy flowing through the water and ride it. It's absolutely exhilarating. It's alive. You picture this wave was generated at first by the galactic wind. Flowing throughout our galaxy, hitting our solar system, creating pressure, ultimately feeding energy into our sun. And our sun erupts with its solar wind that hits our planet, affecting our atmosphere and our lithosphere, creating waves on the ocean that build up halfway across the world and then hit our shores that we can ride them. And people think you're riding the dying energy of this wave, of this chain from the galaxy to the solar system, to the sun, to the earth, to the ocean. And then you're riding this last bit of energy and it explodes to a beach somewhere. The energy doesn't die. It's released. It's released when it's crashing to that beach. Just like your body. The energy that inhabits your body does not die when your body dies. It's just released. and It feels amazing.
0: You mentioned that you were riding the energy on the other side. Could you look at it from a viewpoint that you were surfing the energy on the other side? Yeah, sure.
1: You're caught in it. It's, you part of the energy. So yes. We're all riding waves of energy. Beautiful.
0: Drew, after watching this podcast, People may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Uh, yeah, I'll do to the best of my ability. What's the best way to reach you? Probably Instagram or YouTube. What's um, the name of your YouTube channel? Just Drew Murphy.
1: D R U B R O P H Y. Pretty easy to find.
0: If people want um, to check out your artwork, is that online?
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh, Drew Same thing. D-R-E-W-B-R-O-P-H-Y. And, um, here yeah, we have a contact information there too. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm finding that a lot of people are reaching out to help or need help or have questions. Um, you know, I never really set out to, to be this person. This is just something that happened. I'm just trying to convey the information the best way I can. You know, I didn't want to be this person that got sick during this crazy ordeal with this virus. I didn't think this was going to happen to me, but it did in the worst way. I know the story just of survival is inspiring. I just wanted to live. I wanted to be with my wife and son. They need me. And I just try to tell the story as matter of factly as possible. The near death and the, Clawing back to life. And I know some people might have problems with it. But I'm just expressing what I experienced to the best of my ability. And what I got from that is I'm here to help. We all are. We just forgot. We need to make people remember. But they're not ready. You have to be ready. So, if any of this resonates with you out there, it means you're ready. If you are fighting this information, it means you're disconnected, you're not ready. And it's okay. It's okay. Everything's okay.
0: Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: Yeah, there's nothing to fear. I say that over and over again. If you knew how amazing it was when people, especially older people, go to the other side after their body's worn out, you'd be throwing them a party. Wow, you get to go home. Nobody should be in a rush to get there. There's lots to do here, lots to learn. I feel like the universe gave me an expedited lesson plan for some reason. Like, almost like we hate to do this to you, but this is the only way. It made me suffer tremendously. And I took it. And now I'm here again, healthy telling you all the story. You're all here to have an experience. Take advantage of it. Make it the best experience you can and help as many people on the way as you can.
0: Drew, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest.
1: You're welcome. Love
0: you all. Love you too.